Before we start today's episode, we have a few things we'd like to state. Firstly, this episode was recorded before George Floyd's death led to protest and activism throughout the world. We had decided to postpone releasing this episode out of respect for the protest and those sharing stories on social media. We are not typically a political podcast. Every episode, we try to bring you a fun distraction from the world, which is why we've actively decided to keep most political talk out of the show. However, we cannot be silent on this issue. Myself, Brandon, and the entire Entertainment Buffet team unequivocally supports the movement and believes that Black Lives Matter. Entertainment Buffet has also made a donation to the Chicago Community Bond Fund. We will link that and other places to donate to in the description of this episode. We understand that this is also a financially difficult time for many, so if you're unable to donate but are interested in getting involved, we will also link those resources in the description. Lastly, we hope everyone is taking care of their own mental health. We will also link to mental health resources. Stay safe, take care of yourself and others, wear a mask, and we hope you use this episode and our future ones to come as a happy distraction from everything. We could all use some comfort, and while we know you guys are already binging shows, watching movies and documentaries and such, uh, we decided to give you some recommendations on some of our own comfort viewings on episode 78 of the podcast. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. And I'm another one of your hosts, Jessica Quaz. And, uh, yeah, Jess, we are going to keep it nice and simple, nice and breezy, talk about some nice and comforted, comfort viewings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wake up too comfortable i know i'm yeah we're a little too comfortable right now i am um definitely feeling a comfortable vibe with some of the things i've been watching i don't know things are of course we don't need to tell you things are super weird right now and sometimes it just is really nice to throw on a tv show or movie and just you know go a little mindless and feel a little comfortable feel like you're getting a nice warm hug from you know a, a show your screen um I don't know. I've, I've, I could use some of that right now. <laughs> yes. Um, in case you're watching this from the distant future, uh, we're recording this in May of 2020 um, during the coronavirus pandemic. So uh, currently, you know, I'm in Chicago. Jess is uh, out in Colorado, and we're both isolating, quarantining, and doing what everyone's doing, and we're watching stuff. And uh, there's not a lot of, there's no movies coming out in theaters. There's some new shows dropping on streaming and such and TV. But um, 
some of the stuff we know is not exactly favorable viewing. I'm, I'm pretty sure even like the creator of Black Mirror is like, I don't think we need this right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, you, he was did like, you see that? I did. He was like, yeah, we're not trying to work on anything right now. Cause I don't think the world needs that. <laughs> we, like, we're all like, yeah, my shit's good. pretty fucked up. I'll admit. <laughs> right. 2020 got Black Mirror canceled. Cause, uh. <laughs> Cause we're out here wilded. It's like, yeah, we don't, we, we see it, we see it in our real life. We don't need to see it in a show. We're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, guys, we're going to try to keep it light. And like you said, uh, these are probably stuff you guys may already been watching. Um, it's stuff you've probably already seen or maybe grew up watching. And we wanted to just give you some more suggestions on some comfort things. We'd love to hear from you guys. What are some comfort movies or comfort shows? Uh, that you tune into during times like this when things are just fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, sometimes you just need to sit on your couch, plop something on, zone into it, and forget everything else. And these are like the movies and TV shows that work for us, that are a nice distraction and a nice comfort, makes us feel a certain way that makes us feel good. So, yeah, I think we could all use more of that right now. Before we get into the topic, we're going to jump into what we've been watching. Um, so I've been watching a lot because, you know, because <laughs> we here, because <laughs> we out here, or in here, I should say. Um, I've also, I've still been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, a lot <laughs> of Animal Crossing, and it is doing it for me. It is, <laughs> I have been in a zen place when I just, I sit on my couch, I pop on that uh, Nintendo Switch, uh, just play it, have a movie or TV show on in the background. I'm like zen. I'm good. Like the world is, is away from me. Animal Crossing doing it <laughs> for me. But aside from Animal Crossing, I ha- <laughs> I've um, I watched finally The Train to Busan, which is on Netflix. It's a Korean horror movie, and it is so well done. It's a zombie movie that takes place on a train. Basically, like, without giving too much away, uh, a zombie-equivalent kind of situation. Not totally zombies, but a weird virus um, is uh, probably not the best time for this movie. But it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Just realize that. But basically, this town is kind of infected. That The town has an outbreak. And someone with the virus gets on a train that's heading to, you guessed it, Busan. um, And it's just, like... This interesting, like, almost like Snowpiercer meets Walking Dead kind of situation happening on this train. And it's just, it's really well done. It's really intense. Um, and the acting's incredible. And it was just, like, a fun zombie apocalypse movie. <laughs> um, and then another movie that I finally watched was Solo, A Star Wars Story. You hadn't seen it? I hadn't seen it. I was really, really obviously dragging my feet on it. Uh, and I think... I wonder why. I wonder why. It's so weird. Um, I think we probably talked about this in, like, episodes past about how, like, I felt about Solo. But I just was not excited about it. I was super against it. Like, I just wasn't into it. Um, you know, when that, the trailers first came out, the only thing that I thought was cool was Donald Glover. And I was right about that. Like, he was great in the movie. Um... 
But like Baby Waller Bridge is the is the droid also. Y- yeah, she's the droid, which was a f- very fun droid, very fun like feministy droid that I enjoyed. Um yeah, I just finally on Star Wars Day this year decided, all right, we're going to watch it. So, we sat down and watched it and it was interesting because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, because of one of the reasons I'm a huge Star Wars fan, obviously, but I didn't rush to go see it because the reviews were so bad and I thought I would be like angry by it. So I was like, I don't need to see that. I don't need to deal with that. I'm going to pretend like it doesn't exist. Um, but yeah, it was like, I would say it was fine, (laughs) which is like (laughs) what I say for a lot of movies. It was fine. It wasn't like the best. It was not the worst. It was solidly okay. And like... Um, the actor who played Solo was pretty good. He, I feel like he did his best. That is a really hard role to step into because we all have a certain idea of what it's supposed to be. And it was, that's hard. That's hard to step into a role that's been formulated like that. But I think he did a pretty good job. I think the story is bonkers. Just, it's so packed. Like, it's the most plot-heavy Star Wars movie I've ever watched. Like, it was almost, like... Not super hard to follow, but at times I'd be like, wait, wait, how did we get to this point? And I'd have to, like, think back of, like, oh, yeah, that happened, and then that happened, and that led to this thing. And it's just very packed with story. Yeah, I haven't seen it since it came out in theaters. Um, But when I did, uh, in spring of 2018, I, I just, I waited until like it was very late in its theater run to go see it in theaters because like you said i was against seeing it too and it wasn't as bad as people said but it also i was like man there probably was a good movie somewhere in like in the makings of this whether it was the the actors involved whether it was the original directors and like it just you can tell that it felt like there were ideas and things that were going to happen and then too many hands were in the pot or too many things uh, uh, people got afraid to take chances and it really got muddied and I bet a lot of it had to do with kind of like reactions to Rogue One or reactions to Last Jedi, things like that. And so like they, it's weirdly, I think I heard it is the most expensive Star Wars movie just because they pretty much had to reshoot, was it like two-thirds of it? Or like a third of it? Like, it was was a a large portion. And I'm like, well, why would you redo it? Like, that's so unnecessary. Um, And you could have made like three original indie films for what you probably (laughs) spent on reshoots. But it just... Yeah, that movie's disappointing. And like, it just... Like you said, I was very surprised. I was excited because it was Lawrence Kasdan and his son Jonathan Kasdan right. doing the writing. I'm like, oh, he's the one who helped out with Empire Strikes Back and like yeah. Indiana Jones. Like he's gonna be in it, and like his his son's working on it too. This is gonna be a great script. Script was like one of the worst things for me. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I I feel the same exact way. Like when that was first announced, I was like, okay, well, at least the script could be really good. That was honestly one of the only things I thought like 
was was in its corner and then yeah it ended up being like probably the worst part about it like that story was <laughs> like i couldn't i could barely tell you what happens in that movie because it's just so so much like so much is happening and it's like okay if we just like took it back a step and made it like a tiny bit simpler like maybe we would all be a little bit more on board but it was just like they're constantly doing things and constantly jamming things and it's almost like but, like, why, though? It's kind of like an origin story. We don't need, like, this much happening. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, like, visually pretty good. Like, the cast is good. Like, there was some little, like, you know, things that happened. But what was also strange on the story, and this will be, like, my final note on it, was that the movie just kind of stops. Like, that's the ending. Like, the movie just, like, stops yeah. happening. <laughs> like, And that was super weird. Like, things happen, and then the credits roll, and I was like, oh, that's... That was that ending? Like, what happened? What was... How did that... Anything get... What? Like... Yeah. It just stopped. <laughs> I mean, I think the biggest thing that it suffered from, and I'll this will be my final thing on it, we can move on from Solo, was it didn't need... It shouldn't have had to be an origin. You know? It's like, mm-hmm. he's just... Why couldn't it have just been, like, he's younger than he was in the fourth... And then in the, the original Star Wars... And we just see him and Chewie and, like, stuff that they were up to. You know, like, why did it have to be, like, how they met? How he got his name? How he this? You know, why he does that? Oh, this is... This is the guy who taught him to shoot first, you know, like, it just... (laughs) just, It felt like, like, I don't care about how-to stuff. Like, just show me something he was up to when he was younger, and I would have been much happier with that. Yeah, and I feel like they kind of tried to have it both ways, where it was an origin story and, like, an adventure, and I think that's why it maybe felt like so much was happening. And, yeah, all the, like, origin stuff was kind of, like, lackluster. Like, I guess the only cool thing was, like, him and Chewie, how they met. Like, I thought that was fun. But other than that, it was just like, oh, okay, he got his dice just from his ex-girlfriend. Like, okay. Or, like... He got his blaster from this dude. Cool. Like, it was just, it's not much going on. And I don't know. It was, it was, it was, again, it was fine. It was just solidly fine. So, um, another thing I've been watching, or I have watched all of, is season two of Dead to Me on Netflix. Um, it's really a good show. It's really funny. It's so interesting because it's essentially a comedy thriller, which I've never really seen done before. Um, yeah, the performances are amazing. Christina Applegate is hilarious. Um, this was honestly one of the only pieces of content I've watched probably in all of quarantine that actually had me like laughing out loud so hard. Um, cause it's hard to get a laugh nowadays, but this, <laughs> this did it. Um, so yeah, dead to me. I think season one is, is great and interesting. Season two is just even better. Um, if you like true crime and comedy, then that's your show. Cool. Is there any other movies or shows you've been tuning into? Um, I've been watching a lot of Lifetime movies because they bring me comfort, <laughs> truly, which we'll okay. get into later. We'll, we'll get into. Um, yeah, uh, it's been a couple weeks since we recorded, and I watched a little bit more than I thought. Uh, first being sort of a mistake, but also I'm glad I at least saw it because I would have been curious. Um watched outbreak 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> I've been thinking Mainly... about watching it. How was it? Well, it's because I saw it was leaving Netflix. Oh. Uh, and so, like, I literally watched it because I'm like, well, it's going to be off Netflix and I don't want to have to rent it. And, yeah, it's <laughs> it's very, like, you see a lot of, like, parallels to, like, what's going on now with that. But, like, this movie had, like, a stacked cast at the time. This is a 90s movie with Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo, uh, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Spacey. Uh, well, yeah, he's a bit role, luckily. Okay. Um, <laughs> and Donald Sutherland. And yeah, it was just a... Oh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Like, it was an insane oh. cast. And um, it was fine. Like, it was, it was a drama. And like, obviously, a lot of it wasn't just the virus stuff, but it was like kind of like a conspiracy cover-up type stuff. And like, I'm like, oh, this is too real. Uh, but also... <laughs> Like, it, it was we, <laughs> we were joking before the podcast, but, like, it was weirdly comforting, uh, or not comforting, but, like, I, I was just saying how, like, ah, they have it so much easier in this movie, because, <laughs> like, the people get it and then, like, die really quickly, and, like, it was only in, like, this one town that was isolated, and, like, you could look at someone and be like, they have it. Like, it was a very obvious, whereas, like, nowadays we're dealing with much more scarier things, and so I was like, well you know i thought i was going to be a little bit more freaked out by this movie but i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so anyway outbreak uh i am considering watching contagion haven't seen that yeah um, i have heard that that is more intense to watch because that's more in line with what's happening now so i i, I don't know if i'm ready for that gotcha <laughs> um totally different side of the uh, the realm uh i watched princess mononoke for the first time oh that's a good I've, one i've heard that that director with his animated movies they're really good i thought the animation was good and uh it had a pretty good voice cast uh especially for being in like the you know 97 was that when that movie came out um yeah very original very uh, awesome animation i want to see more of what that director has done um <laughs> totally different this is a weird diary now that i'm looking at these I've, I've been all over the map uh i watched team america world police <laughs> for the first time oh my god i haven't seen that movie in forever that's that's a movie <laughs> yeah and like i just found it so funny when they do like the the marionette kind of puppet sex scene yeah, and that like so they weird. almost got nc-17 for that and i'm like it's not <laughs> real um yeah it's it also is weirdly relevant for today like it's commentary on america and like <laughs> um for a movie that came out in 04 it is yeah it's <laughs> there's still some relevant stuff to it um i rewatched a couple things uh, a couple movies that i really liked rewatched clue which uh i'll talk about uh again in a little bit i rewatched 310 to yuma it's a good western um a couple other movies that i saw for the first time the invention of lying with ricky gervais um which like have you seen that jess no i haven't i remember hearing about it but i never saw it yeah just the premise that a, it's a world where no one knows how to lie like it's just like everyone just tells the truth and it's usually pretty brutal um and then Ricky Gervais discovers he knows how to lie and like 
shenanigans ensue. <laughs> and uh, there was just one bit I really loved where he turns on a commercial and it's, I think it's with Jimmy. I think the actor's name is Jimmy Olsen. Um, it's like a Coke, Coca-Cola commercial. And he's just like, hi, I'm so-and-so from Coke. And uh, just uh, saying we'd really like you to buy it. Uh, it's, it's it's the same. Uh, it's still packed with sugar. Very unhealthy. And uh, uh, we got a new can, though. There's a little polar bear on it, so the kids will like us. And uh, this is just me reminding you to please buy Coke. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, that is, like, so perfect. Because whenever I see Coke ads, I'm like, are people forgetting that Coke's a thing? <laughs> right. That they're spending all this money on these ads. Um, yeah. I also, the other night, watched Date Night for the first time with Steve Carell and Tina Fey. Oh, yeah, I never saw that. It's, I, I'll say it's disappointing because, like, the potential it could have been really funny. It has insane cast. I just said Tina Fey and Steve Carell as the leads. It's got... I'm pretty sure that actor Jimmy Olsen, it's got Common, it's got Ray Liotta, Mark Wahlberg, William Fickner, uh, like tons of like stars now who like, I think in 2010 were like not as big in like bit, like one scene roles. Like Olivia Munn randomly has like one scene as like a hostess. Uh, and it's just like, it felt I'm like, mm, this could have been something, but I don't know what happened and it just didn't work. Um, and lastly, I did watch all three episodes of Middle Ditch and Schwartz on Netflix. Oh, that's actually one of the last, actually the last live event I went to before the quarantine. Um, oh. yeah, actually it was like the day before you came out, uh, we went to go see them and it was hilarious and they were actually making coronavirus jokes and we were all like, ha this is fun. And, <laughs> and we didn't know, we didn't know where it went, but yeah, I saw them. That was like my last big live event I went to and they're hilarious. I, I haven't watched their Netflix special yet though. Yeah. I was mad because I, I had bought tickets to see them at the Chicago theater and then like months and months later, I forgot because like I bought bought them like four to six months in advance or something, and then all of a sudden I I had booked a show and I didn't want to miss the show and so I was like well I guess I just got to give my tickets to someone else and sell them off and so I didn't see them live but like I did see these specials specials are very funny I think there's one that kind of sticks out I think it's the first one sticks out way more than the other two and like it's improv it's it's some stuff's gonna land stuff. To, stuff won't i just think personally as someone who sees stand-up and variety shows all the time that like i love them not only because they're both hilarious and have great chemistry but they just do something different where like if someone establishes that like oh i'm carl in the scene and the other one's like oh i'm like janet that they <laughs> will sometimes hop to a different role than the other mm -hmm. person will then who was janet will hop into playing carl yeah and like back and then they'll straight up at some point just like, and I, f I forgot the name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they'll they'll fuck with each other, and and then like the audience will be like, oh, the name's Carl. Like, yeah. Oh, it's Carl. You yeah. Know? And so they'll like fuck with each other, do like little things, um, run around the stage, and it, I'm just like, man, 
it's crazy how like two people can play so many different characters well where i've seen improv teams that like when they go up like they can't handle one character right yeah they like (laughs) interchange and they they just both can go into them almost seamlessly and come out of them and go into a new one yeah they're they're hilarious and i love ben schwartz i have such a crush on that man (laughs) i after the show i straight up told my boyfriend like if there's ever a chance i'm like gonna leave you for ben schwartz and he fully (laughs) fully was like okay yeah no i like i get that like i understand (laughs) so we we love him i love him i think and he's so cute and he's just so funny and charming (laughs) anyway that's enough of that but yeah (laughs) But yes, yeah. he, they're they're great. They're very good. I'm I'm very yeah. happy for them. They got a special. I mean, improv specials like that's not really a thing. So yeah, good if for them. it's like I almost don't want anyone else to. I'd rather just keep giving them more. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm like it, just keep recording like all these touring that they were doing. Um, yeah, I I'd, I'd keep watching. Um, lastly, a couple other shows I watched. I've been watching the mini series from years ago it was on history channel the hatfields and mccoys oh yeah i remember i watched like an episode or two of that and i was interested in it back in the day how is it now it's i mean so it's three parts and like each part's like an hour 40 so it's almost like just three movies in a way um i'm thinking i got about 15 to 20 minutes left of part three there's some good acting you know, obviously, like, the costume design and set stuff for the time period. But, like, if this is kind of true to, like, what this story was between, like, this family feud that was real, it's just sad because it's over such stupid things that, like, all these people are, like, killing each other. Like, oh, for, like, the dumbest thing. It, like, literally started with one of them, uh, I know someone who fought for the South, and you're wearing a Northern jacket for, like, the Civil War time, and, like, uh, and, like, kills him, and then all of a sudden, now the other family's pissed, and, uh, accusatory of this, and so they kill them, and it's just a lot of back and forth, and they keep thinking that they're gonna, like, tilt the tables, like, that, that, oh, now it'll be even, and it's not, and it's, so it's just like a, I think one of the reviews I saw for it was just, like, it's not that the telling of it is bad it's just that like this is just a bad like a shitty thing in history if you will you know it's like it's important to see how crazy something like this can happen between two big families but also it's not like there was a clear hero villain situation right you know both both sides had like heroes and both sides had villains in a way and you can oh you can maybe bring things back to like who quote unquote started it but that does that really matter because they both continued it <laughs> right and it was for like over 10 years like it was for like Jesus. 10 15 years or something <laughs> like that but like every now and then all of a sudden they'd kill people and then <laughs> things would stop and more killings i'm like jesus christ this is so dumb <laughs> this is over something so dumb um yeah and lastly i finished better call Saul season five so I'm completely caught up on that show before next season is going to be their final season. Um, yeah, I love that show. Um, I still think that, like, the little frustrating thing being some of the BC stories being like, hey, 
this is a Breaking Bad origins for like Mike and Gus and like the Salamancas and this. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's still good TV, but I signed up for a Saul show. <laughs> <laughs> so, and like it, so it's all great. It's all good. It's not that it's bad. It's just, I almost wish that it was two different shows. Mm-hmm. I almost wish it was like Gus and Mike, you know, origins. <laughs> <laughs> and then Saul slash Jimmy McGill over here. Yeah. You know, but I get it. They have to be intertwined. Um, but yeah, I still recommend it. I think it's one of my favorite shows. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. I um, actually remembered there was something I forgot to mention that I watched. Uh, so I'm going to take the spotlight from you real quick. Um, I have been watching Westworld season three. I, uh, uh-huh. and it, it's weird. Cause like the first episode of the th- season three premiered during our first week of quarantine. So that's how we've been able to kind of like keep track of like how time passing. Cause it was like, okay, we're now on episode three. It's been three weeks and now it's over. So we're like, time is out the window. I don't know how long we've been here. (laughs) Um, But it was really bad. It was rough. It was disappointing as hell. Like, I don't, it was, I don't, it was bad. It was really, really bad. And it turns like, oh, I'm not the only one that thought so. It's so disappointing though, because season one is so incredible. I think, in my opinion, season one is great TV. And I really do think now, like, in retrospect, it really should have just been, like, a nice miniseries that maybe was a little bit longer than 10 episodes, and, like, that was it. Because season two got a little bonkers. There were still some, like, really cool parts of it. But now season three, it's, like, a t- it's actually a totally different show in a way that's, like, not cool, in a way that's, like, very derivative of, like, other sci-fi movies and, like, we weren't even in the park. Like, that's what's so weird is it Westworld didn't even feature Westworld. So it's like, what are we what are we doing here? I don't understand. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty rough. It was pretty bad, and it was very disappointing. Um, but it did make me want to rewatch season one just to be like, man, that was those were the days. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and it makes you think how, like you said, like, should, they, should it have been a miniseries or... I mean, here's one thing that they could have done an anthology type series where it's like, here's an here's a season of Westworld, here's a season of like that samurai world that they yeah. show, and like all the different worlds maybe, or just like different guests going on different like quote unquote storylines that they have set up, like in Westworld to where like it can keep changing, mm-hmm. but they they it's like they try to make it like too trippy and too. Um, like existential of like the robots wanting to escape and like realizing what they are and like this 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 and while i get why they went that route i mean i'm almost uninterested in checking out season three because like i've heard that it's bonkers (laughs) yeah and it's like they i think season one really like knocked out a lot of the plot so now it's just like well, let's just see where this robot thing goes, like, kind of thing. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, okay, well, this isn't exciting. And, like, now we're, like, this season we were in, like, our world, the real world. And it was very convoluted. And also, like, they they really jammed in, like, a lot of, like, newer things that, like, just weren't interesting. And, like, 
didn't it didn't matter how it ended and they've also changed the rules of the show so much that like there are no stakes anymore like if someone dies it's like well they'll probably come back they're a robot like who fucking cares like it's just right yeah it's just eh. it's just it's so disappointing because it was so great and it had such cool potential and i think it came at a time when they were transitioning out Game of Thrones and kind of transitioning in, like, the new thing. And I think it could have had potential to be the new thing. And uh, HBO is pumping money into it like it still is, but it's just, like, this is... Let's calm down. Like, let's just bring it in a little bit. So, I don't know. I was yeah. so disappointed this season. Yeah, it it it's funny that you say that, because, like you said, they, they definitely wanted this to be their next Game of Thrones... And I just think that they, the writers wanted to make a different type of show. Mm -hmm. And so it went a different direction and it has just been a little fuzzy, you know, it's just not, it, it, they tried going too much of this way and they should have, instead of expanding, just like, Hey, like focus on the things that like what people are liking and maybe not quite like the robots trying to see. Because, like, the other thing, too, was I noticed in season two, they kept pulling the, like, oh, this person's a robot. This person's a robot. And I'm like, well, yeah. well, well who isn't right. anymore? Right. <laughs> you know, like, I don't who's care. a human? <laughs> like, that's what was interesting about season one was, like, the dynamics of, like, real versus artificial. And, like we didn't need everyone to be like oh artificial and season one has like so many interesting like reveals and like surprises that you never saw coming and i think they were just constantly trying to do that in a way that was like okay well it's i didn't see that coming because it's stupid like that's just stupid and who i didn't see it coming because where did okay who cares like uh, no and then the Season one was also very cerebral and, like, made you think about, like, the nature of your reality. But they tried to do that way too much to the point where it's, like, I'm just confused by what you're trying to tell me. Because I don't... I don't get it. But it's wild. It was such a bad season. Season two wasn't amazing either. But they've been renewed for, like, three more seasons. And they're having so much money fueled into it. So it's, like... what's gonna happen next like we'll see in three years after they like finish filming like i don't know yeah i figured that like they would have only done like four seasons or maybe five but yeah it's it's off the rails and uh, i think viewership has even probably been down for the season or maybe it's just been up because of quarantine Mm -hmm. but like for the most part it feels like most people i've talked to is if they weren't lost in season two like they're kind of like what the fuck in season three yeah and no viewership has gone down it's gone it's been declining since season one ended so that says a lot right there and like honestly after this i'm like i don't think i'll be watching i mean we'll (laughs) see again we'll see in like three years when it comes out but like i'm yeah i think i'm good Yeah, if you're if you're gonna have a show that is so expensive and so hard to shoot that it it comes out like every other year or every couple years, like you really gotta hook us. Mm-hmm, you know, like right. Game of Thrones, I think had that hook. Whereas, like, I think this one doesn't quite have us yet. Yeah, and it really could have because season one was so good and so beloved. Like it had us hooked, and then they were just like they just kind of 
I don't even know what happened on their end. They, I think it's like we've talked about for a few things, like the makings were there. It definitely could have been a big thing and it was for a season and then it just went off the rails and it's so, I don't know, like I don't even know what they're doing there. But now it's like the writing has gotten almost elementary, which is insane because it was such high quality writing in season one, but now it's like, there's just exposition just like laid out like robots are being like why are we doing this oh we're doing it don't for, don't forget we're doing it because it is it's just like uh, i can't i can't i could go on ranting about it for a very long time but we should probably move on to more positive things <laughs> and now that we've talked about what we've been watching uh we're gonna go ahead and jump into the thing we really came to talk about which was our favorite comfort viewings so this could be movies or shows uh that we put on when things aren't the best. <laughs> we need some comfort. We need to go into a blanket, maybe get some some ice cream or some desserts in some fashion, maybe some, some alcohol or whatever it is, some legal weed. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, or whatever illegal you need. weed, whatever you need. And you just got to chill for a little bit. <laughs> so um, one that I noticed that's on both of our lists that... Uh, I think we should talk about is Parks and Recreation. Yes, of course. This is, I mean, this has been on my list for years of like comfort viewing. It's just a show that I could pop into and just be immersed in it, find myself laughing, find myself being more hopeful. I think Leslie Nope is just such a great character because her spirit is always positive and ambitious yeah. and she is infectious with that. Um, and I just find it to be such a nice, I don't know, like just watching all the positive things that happen, all the, my favorite season of Parks and Rec, I do have to say is season four when she's running, um, because it's just like, they get roadblock after roadblock after roadblock and issue and issue and issue and the way like they just overcome it and keep trekking along and keep going as like a, a unit is really just positive and lovely, um, and they just did the uh, reunion special, which I thought yep. I, I, I gonna bring that up. Yeah, like I enjoyed that a lot. That brought me a lot of comfort during this crazy time, and that was just so amazing to have it like come back for us briefly and yeah, I don't know, remind us about that. What a cool idea! And like now, it's all of a sudden it's becoming a trend because communities doing a uh, table read of an old episode. Um, with all like the original cast, uh, I think I heard that there's a Scrubs one in the mix. Like, there, it seems like a lot of people are kind of following suit to this idea of like doing a charity-based reunion special of a of a loved show. And I find it funny how like so many people love saying like, "Oh, I just throw in the Office and this is this," but like I think Office has a thing where it can be frustrating. Like the quality kind of sways here and there. Um, but like Parks and Rec is just so positive, like you said, because of Leslie Nope's character, because of like all these characters just bring joy. And I think that while there's always the talk of like season one's not as good and like I've rewatched season one and I'm like, I don't think it's not as good. I just think they were still like most shows finding their footing. Yeah. They were getting things in because... They were pretty much told, I think, to be like another office. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's the the writers got to eventually like 
make the characters their own and the performers got to you know shine and they weren't as heavy on the interviewing like uh of the mockumentary style and it's just so much fun there's so many things and like the special i think was a perfect uh example of what the show is with the different dynamics you know of <laughs> leslie and ben and then uh her with ron and uh the dynamics with chris and andy uh or not chris and andy uh andy and um april april um i i was thinking because like they transitioned to like chris and um yeah and Anne and uh the jerry bit throughout they have like bit characters that come in like pert happily yeah <laughs> at joan, home joan joan is my favorite joan i any ben episode Schwartz, with joan, john ralphio <laughs> yeah john ralphio and like i love it too like because it's not hokey positivity it's like things happen and get rough but like it's like real to life positivity and also like the it's funny in that it's like making fun of the characters and themselves but not in like a very harsh way like the office like i enjoy but sometimes it can get very harsh towards its like other characters mm-hmm. to the point where it's like okay this is kind of mean but like yeah or like people are jerks yeah, yeah but like the the jokes on parks and rec don't really come from a vicious place at all Um, And I think that's why it brings me more comfort than some shows, because it's just it's just like you're it's like you're making fun of your friends or you're watching a group of friends or family make fun of each other. It's not like vicious or or mean. And I think that's what I really like about the humor, because it's very hard nowadays, especially or within the last decade or two, like to find comedy that's not harsh, especially like consistently. It's just like consistent, positive comedy. I think that's kind of hard to do. Yeah. And I think the best thing I can kind of equate it to, and I'm sure you could think about this for a lot of animated shows like, say, Simpsons or South Park or Family Guy. But the thing I always loved about Parks and Rec is it feels like like there's so many characters in like that town, mm-hmm. you know, and I yes. think that like that special was an example like jam and like dennis feinstein with jason Manzukis and like paul rudd was like a character for a while and uh joan and purd and you know all these different people that like it felt like this <laughs> like a town yes and like uh, all those meetings where she'd be in front of town members and they're just complaining about random things and i just think that that was a cool thing and it was so fun and um, it's a show that really doesn't waver in quality, really. Like, there's, I'm sure there, like you said, like favorite seasons and like le- lesser favorite seasons. But for the most part, like once it goes, it gets going, and it's just so fun throughout. Like the only other show I can think of that feels like as much like joy as this one without being harsh is like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's the which only is a lot one. of the same writers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I feel like Parks and Rec is also a show where like you can either watch it from beginning to end every single episode or you could just jump right into it. It's not like some shows, it's like, oh, you can't just jump right into it. You you wouldn't understand the jokes. Like, I, I like Good Place a lot, but I don't think Good Place is a show you can just, like, jump right into because you might be forgetting a lot of, like, plots about it or what's happening in that moment. Whereas, like, Parks and Rec, like, the plots are, like, happening, but they're kind of easy to understand. So you can just, like, dive right into it. Or if you want to watch it beginning to end, that's fun, too. So mm-hmm. I don't, it's just one show, for sure. Like, if I'm ever 
stressed or upset or sad or mad like it just kind of calms me down and and makes me laugh too yeah definitely um another show that we uh, i brought up that has like a reunion thing coming up soon uh, community um i know this is not necessarily one that you dove into as much but it's a show that like it's my second favorite comedy right behind seinfeld and i think that it's just so silly sometimes and i love abed and troy and like some of the episodes are just perfect parodies and homages to different genres and different things like there's an entire episode that is like a david fincher uh homage slash spoof pretty much of like zodiac and like david fincher movies like they put the david fincher uh filter which is like that kind of greenish dark greenish (laughs) darker look that he puts in all of his movies and like the whole thing (laughs) was about someone in the school anytime someone bends over bends over and there's like uh like a plumber's crack a person would just like put a quarter like in the butt crack (laughs) And so they called it, like, the ass crack bandit. And so, like, everyone was, like, investigating who it was as if it's, like, a murderer. And, like, it's... uh, Explaining it, it's a ridiculous premise, but somehow these writers make it work, and it's so fun. And there's just lots of episodes like that that are just... I'm like, this shouldn't work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, this shouldn't. Like, this is dumb. (laughs) Like, most... Like, you put this in front of most writers, and this would just be like literally throwing shit at a fan (laughs) um but like these writers and these actors and perform like they make it work and community i just i love throwing it on and it's on netflix now um for those who weren't watching it on hulu or anything it's it's on netflix too now nice um so i have another show that is comfort viewing for me probably not for you but for me it is it's very cheesy, but that's why it's a comfort to me, and that is Full House. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Or yeah. Fuller House. Or Fuller House, which is just as cheesy and lovely, in my opinion. Um, I, interestingly enough, went on a Full House journey, like, a year ago. Like, tr- a true journey. I don't know, I don't know where it came from. Um, my best friend back home was starting to watch it beginning to end. And I was like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. And so I also <laughs> watched. That's not a bad idea. How many seasons idea. are there? There's so many. I think there's like eight. And it's back in the day when you had to pump out episodes. So I'm pretty sure there's like 22 episodes at least a season. There's to a the lot phones. of episodes. <laughs> there's so many episodes. And I've seen them all. <laughs> <laughs> every single one and i like i don't know man i can't explain it i just like when there's 192 episodes and i've seen them all and that doesn't even count fuller house which i've also seen all of them i love it i love it so much 66 episodes of that wow okay so 250 250 episodes luckily each one's only like a half hour so i haven't spent too too much time but it's just like i just love it because it's such a product of its time, which is fun. Like, watching it, you just kind of feel like you're in a time capsule, which is, like, interesting. Um, I mean, the storylines, of course, are insane and weird. And, like, they just get weirder as the show goes. But they're just 
so cheesy and that's why I love it. I love how cheesy it is and I love how like everything's kind of wrapped up by the end of like the episode. Everything's like fine. No like storyline ever really carries over. <laughs> like it's just one-offs <laughs> constantly and like they're always just like I don't know the dynamic of the cast is like really fun to watch too and it's funny because Fuller House like gets a lot of shit I don't care. I think Fuller House is awesome, actually, because it's also very <laughs> self-aware. Like, they make fun of how cheesy it is, which I appreciate. And it's just like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, there's just something about it that's, like, so almost mindless. Like, obviously, the pl- it's like a family show. The plots are never, like, you know, the stakes aren't very high, okay? <laughs> like it's cool like um and it's just fun to kind of go into that and and go back to this weird like 80s cheesy family time um I don't know I just love it and I think probably because to the obviously there's a nostalgia factor to it because I loved the show as a kid I was obsessed with it um and so it was fun revisiting it like I said a year ago and I like blew through everything went on the journey no regrets I was like into it <laughs> I was into it and like yeah it's just like even when like really tough stuff happens on that show because actually like the show gets into some very real things it's still just like packaged in a way that's like yeah but everything's gonna be okay like you're fine so it's like I don't know that weirdly brings me comfort like how cheesy it is brings me joy makes sense and like you said when there's a show that we grew up with but then also has a sequel show that pretty much kind of capitalizes on the same type of tone i get it um i i enjoyed some of fuller house when i saw it uh, i don't hate it i maybe someday i'd watch it I, I i think it just kind of fell it's one of those like the thing with netflix is i feel like if you don't watch it like the weekend it comes out then like you kind of miss the boat. <laughs> yeah, then you forget about it because there's something and else. And then a new thing comes out. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or you're finishing something already. Yeah. And like I think with Fuller House too, like I'm I'll defend Fuller House until I die. Like everyone's like, <laughs> it's lame, it's stupid. But I'm like, I think it's kind of awesome. Like I think it's funny and it's like also just like this nice like positive spot on our like content. Like I don't know. I feel like nowadays it's really, really hard to do like a wholesome family show without it being like super hokey, which sometimes it is, of course. But like it's also pretty much grounded in nowadays, too. So like they make a lot of like political jokes that you wouldn't expect or like they make a lot of like jokes about like how adults are nowadays or how millennials are nowadays that like work and land. I don't know. And it's just again like hokey wholesomeness of like family yes i i just i love it i love it like the last episode of fuller house i like legit cried during it because it was just so (laughs) sweet it was so sweet and it got to me and like i just i love i love it i love full house i'm i'm you know i'm not ashamed (laughs) yeah a little Um, slightly ashamed but whatever whatever uh, um so one show that even though it sometimes del dives into like darker subjects uh for the most part is comedic is uh the show psych okay i never was really into psych so like the early seasons for me like i could watch over and over i think a lot of it is not even the that's the thing is like i feel like sometimes detective or procedural shows uh you're trying you're invested in the whatever the 
they're, I was about to say they're detectiving, um, like whatever they're investigating, like that episode, like you're, you're invested in that. And I'm like, that's not the case with psych. Like what I'm invested in is it's so fun to see Sean and Gus do their thing where like they're hilarious and their chemistry and they're idiots at the same time and <laughs> they're immature and like it's 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 got sometimes i feel like a uh similar to a brooklyn 99 vibe where it's like they're talented but they're also like idiots uh they're very much like peralta like peralta and sean spencer would probably be like best friends <laughs> if they live were in the same show um i think that it's just so fun it it does get dark at times and sure they're usually investigating murders but for the most part that's like a tiny thing and like that's the journey they're going on but it's usually just the goofiness that i'm i'm in it for um that's yeah that's that's a show and especially if you're into like 80s nostalgia that show really dives into a lot of things where they start spoofing slash bringing in tons of 80s stars from things like uh i don't know i'm trying to think like twin peaks like they do a clue episode they bring in uh pretty much at one point it feels like all the people from like breakfast club except for like i think emilio estevez uh like they just bring in so many 80s stars and so it's like oh that's what's their face from that thing you know (laughs) it's just fun and so yeah those first few seasons i can throw in an episode and i'm sure at one at some point it's gonna make me laugh that sounds fun. I did not know they did all those like '80s references. I didn't know that. Yeah, the the showrunners totally grew up in that era, so it's like they, like they'll randomly have like the, they did almost like a pandemic type episode, like an outbreak episode, and uh, Judd Nelson, uh, who you know plays uh, Bender in Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. is the doctor. <laughs> randomly you know and so like they'll just get someone like that to come in and be this character um and then like yeah it's just it's not always like references uh uh, sometimes it's them just joking of like an absurd television show or movie that no one's thinking of and then other times it's just like that person and they pretty much have like a twin peaks episode called dual spires where it's like almost all of the Twin Peaks cast, because <laughs> it's like that actor Sean who plays Sean uh, James O'Day. That was like his favorite show, so they oh, wow. did like a straight up dual. It's called Dual Spires, like Twin Peaks. You know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird. And so yeah, it's it's just a unique show that I feel like is very underrated. That's awesome. So. Another show for me in the vein of detectives is Law and Order SVU. <laughs> oh my god! Give Surprising me... that this is comforting. I it is. I know it's so weird. Some very going through this, I realized that some of the things that comfort me are wild, <laughs> like wild. <laughs> um, but Law and Order SVU just does it for me. I think it's just like the literal procedure of it all. Like every episode is like. I don't want to say the same because it's not like they are very different, but like there's always like sort of a formula that they usually follow. And that's just what does it for me. It just like puts me in a lull because it's like, oh, I'm familiar with this. I know what's going to I know what's going down. And Olivia Benson is just 
my girl. Like, I could watch her fight injustices all day. And I <laughs> fight injustices all day, baby. And like, uh... it's just, yeah, like, obviously, the episode to episode can be very intense. Like, they deal with some really, really heavy things, but it's just like done so in a way that, like, feels like shining a light on like the injustices of our society and it's like yeah it makes you think but it's also just like oh olivia's killing it she's doing so great and like i could just yeah just plow it through it a full marathon every day just relax and like watch law and order svu i don't know what it is because there's some like really heinous things as interest says especially heinous but i'm like there i'm in it and it just lulls me it just makes me feel good i don't know why <laughs> it's be- it's probably because it's just it's a formula that you're used to and you're like oh and i want a problem and then like you said justice yes like this and like it's just you know what's gonna happen there's no there's not really stakes because like the people come and go that are like the victims mm-hmm. and so usually you know everything's gonna be fine by the end of the episode Yeah, and, like, sometimes, like, they're actually not, too, which is, like, yeah, well, that's how it happens in real life, shit. And you're just, like, oh, no. But, like, it just, like, the one-liners, that's, like, Ice-T comes in with the best one-liners, so does Olivia. It's, like, that's what I live for, yes, like, (laughs) yes. And, like, they have some really great special guest stars as well, like, Snoop Dogg had an amazing role this past season so good and just like yeah the the storylines are so heavy but some of the acting is actually like really good and it engrosses me so i'm just like able to just zone in onto that i just love it i love law and order svu there's a reason why it's been on for like 22 seasons it's because it delivers what we want (laughs) it's doing it (laughs) well what's funny is i feel like I'm sure they've gone just cycled through different writers because, like you said, they've done Jesus. Okay, twenty one seasons. Oh my god! Yeah, they've done four hundred and seventy eight episodes. <laughs> oh my god! I've probably seen at least half of them, maybe a wow. third. Yeah, there's a lot. Which like Law and Law and Order, the regular one went twenty seasons. Wow. But yeah, SVU has gone for 21 so far. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, like, okay, so I just put it on the, the different showrunners. One guy did season one, one guy did season two, one guy did season <laughs> two through 12. Oh. <laughs> 13 through 17 and 21. Someone did 18 and someone did 19 and 20. So I just... Oh my <laughs> God, just, so many. Uh, and they're for so sure many. doing a season two and... My SVU fans. Season 22? Season 22. Two. (laughs) (laughs) They're for sure doing a season 22, and it's been announced, and I don't know if this means anything to you, Brandon, but it means a lot to me, uh, (laughs) that Elliot Stabler will be coming back for the season premiere, which is a very big deal. It's a very big deal, and I can't, like, I'm so excited. I've seen the headlines for that. Yeah, because it's a really big deal. (laughs) Like, the show just keeps delivering because we never thought he'd come back. Like, <laughs> never thought he'd come back. Like, he didn't die off, but I, Christopher Maloney was just kind of like, eh, I'm over this. I'm going to go, like, hang out. And then he came back, like, ten years later. He's coming back. So, uh, just <laughs> always coming in for it when I need it. And, like, I just, I love the, like, rift from the headline things. Like, I just love it. Like, I, uh, I just, I can't, I can't. I could watch that show for hours. I do. I have. Like, I... 
probably will when we're done because now i'm like really in a mood to watch it <laughs> now i gotta ask have you seen the community law and order episode no i have not okay if that wasn't part of your homework i i'm just please since you're such a law and order fan just watch that episode of community on netflix or whatever uh, it's in season three. I'll I'll send you the information, but like it's like the best Law and Order spoof because like <laughs> they're not hating on it. It's just they're if you've seen Law and Order, you're like oh my god, like this is a Law and Order episode, but it's Community doing something ridiculous. That's funny. And and like you could just tell that they love it so much and that 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 they want to spoof it uh, in the best way possible. So um, I'm gonna send you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, those are kind of like the shows I want to talk about. There are some movies I want to throw out there. Um, these are going to be four, and they're not like quite the same, but that you can totally tell why I'm just like slapping these four together. Uh, Rush Hour one and two, and then Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. <laughs> okay, I've never seen any of those movies. So they're all Jackie Chan movies. Okay. <laughs> Rush Hour one and two. He's buddied up with Chris Tucker. Um, with the infamous, like, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Oh, yeah, uh, yes. And then um, the Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights, it's Jackie Chan with Owen Wilson. Um, where, like, those take place, like, the first one's kind of like a Western, and then in the second one, like, they go to Britain for a thing. And these movies are just fun. Like they're totally movies that like back in the day when we had cable, like you'd be flipping through the channels and like, what am I going to watch? Oh, TBS is showing rush hour. <laughs> Nothing else better is on. Also, I can't say no to rush hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, and like same goes for just all of them. Like the, I will say like, don't watch rush hour three. Um, they waited too long to make it but these are all movies from like the late 90s to early 2000s range and they're just so fun they they have jackie chan action which is usually awesome because he blends comedic with his fight scenes um and he usually is paired off really well like him and chris tucker play off each other really well there's a different dynamic with him and owen wilson still works really well they're just fun they're very simple and there's like nothing that there's no reason to not like the movies like i could see someone watching it and just being like oh they're fine but like i i don't think i could ever meet someone who like watches those and like oh i hate these and i'm like how like do you not like jackie chan (laughs) it was just like so much fun to see on camera um yeah so those four movies they're just simple watches to throw on where you can pay attention but also kind of maybe not fully pay attention and still enjoy yourself they got some action they got some laughs and yeah they're just a lot of fun um i'm sure there's some stuff that i'd be curious if it ages super well but like they're also they're they're just pg-13 action comedies with um yeah with jackie chan with two different pairings that i think uh yeah work really well and I almost wish that there was going to be a third Shanghai movie or um, maybe another Rush Hour, but done well. Who knows? Um, yeah, I highly recommend them. Throw them on. They're a lot of fun. All right. Well, I'm going to move into some seasonal comfort movies real quick. I'm going to oh, take okay. a quick little sidebar over to the holidays. 
Because um, <laughs> these are movies that I love to watch, but, like, I don't watch them during, like, all year round because I'm not crazy. But um, the first two movies are Hocus Pocus and Nightmare Before Christmas. And I watch both of these movies during Halloween season every year. Nightmare Before Christmas is watched sometime between Halloween and, and Christmas, obviously. And then Hocus Pocus is like the prelude to Halloween. And I just get so excited every year when they come around, when it's like Halloween season, and I can just get into them. Um, they're both movies I loved during my childhood. And yeah, whenever they're like back for the season, like it just brings me so much comfort. It just relaxes me. It makes me feel like fun, like Nightmare Before Christmas has a great soundtrack and the animation is still so fun to watch and it just like really just warms my heart that like Christmas is around the corner, it's holiday season, yes, and like Hocus Pocus is just the best thing to get into for Halloween and it does, I don't know, it just like makes me feel warm inside because it's like yes, the seasons. Um, so both movies just bring me so much comfort when it's like around fall and Christmas. And then another seasonal movie genre that I love is Hallmark Christmas movies, <laughs> which again is very cheesy. And that's why I love them. I love them so much because they get you pumped for Christmas. They get you fully in the Christmas spirit because that's all they're about is Christmas. Um, and everything is exactly the same. Like literally it's some blonde woman in a Christmas town who either has to, you know, this like there's like five jobs she can choose from in the Hallmark Christmas movie universe and like she has like four obstacles she can choose from. So it's like uh Sarah is in Tinseltown and she loves to bake, but she can't bake cupcakes this year. Oh no. Like it's just the stakes are so <laughs> low and nonsensical. I love the it. The stakes are non-existent. <laughs> non-existent. And that's why I love it. I love to just like throw that shit on, have it in the background while I'm like wrapping presents or like doing work and just like I can like totally zone out of it and then look back up and like, you know, Sarah's finally making the gingerbread cookies. Everything's great. Like, it's just so chill. It's such a chill viewing experience. And I just love it. I love the little Christmas vibes. Um, so, but again, I wouldn't probably watch that during the summer. Although apparently Hallmark Channel has been playing marathons of their Hallmark Christmas movies to get people through quarantine. And I think that's magical. Um, but I have not watched them. But what I have been watching a lot of during quarantine, which is similar to Hallmark Christmas movies, but not really, is Lifetime movies. I love Lifetime movies. I love them. Usually those are a little bit more like melodramatic right yes they are way more melodramatic and the stakes are like extremely high to the point where it's like <laughs> this is insane i love it um i i just i love watching the campy cheesy weirdness of it all the the weird acting the weird like plots um during quarantine i have so and let me just say let me just say the titles of lifetime movies are art just pure art like, I just watched Killer in the Guest House. Like, tells you everything you need to know right in that title. There's a killer in a woman's guest house. Oh, no. Um, I watched uh, Killer Prom, which, funnily enough, didn't have a whole lot to do with a prom. Just a killer. Like, just, <laughs> I, I love it. I can get soaked into the camp of it all and, like, the, the drama. And, like, every Lifetime or Hallmark Christmas movie is literally an hour and a half. So it's just, like, a long episode. And I just 
zone in. It makes me feel great. It makes me laugh. I can laugh so hard at Lifetime movies. And just the melodrama of it all just makes me go, okay, my life is fine. Like, we're doing okay here. <laughs> like, <laughs> Gotcha. Lifetime movies and Hallmark movies. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was thinking of some comedies. Like, obviously, I talked about some action comedies and some TV comedies. A um, couple comedies that I pretty can they're in my top 10 probably comedies of all time that I can throw on and always enjoy um one is dodgeball nice um I just think it's there's a lot of little quippy humor there's tons of physical humor it's over the top it almost makes it it also makes me wish that dodgeball was an actual televised sport because like I would watch that over like most sports (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it's so much fun. Ben Stiller's great in it. And it's, it's, it's one of those movies that I feel like they've tried almost every sport multiple times that totally don't work and you forget that they ever exist, but like, I'll never forget dodgeball. It's so much fun. Um, another one that, um, has Vince Vaughn in it, uh, but it's with Owen Wilson instead of Ben Stiller, Wedding Crashers. Mm -hmm. Nice. I like how this movie in the beginning seems like it's just going to be a broy comedy. Like in the beginning, it's like, oh, this is just a sleaze fest. Like they're just hooking up with women and like saying shitty things and like, oh, ha, ha. And then it turns into a rom com. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> into like a weird rom com that is also uh, digestible for like, m- like maybe there are people who don't like the traditional rom com. Like it's more open for those uh people and it i just found it funny how it just pulls that switch on you without knowing it and it still feels like the same movie um but i like that because when i saw the trailers for wedding crashers i just thought oh cool this is just like old school but instead of them parting in college they're parting at weddings yeah right (laughs) and it's like no that's kind of like the opening sequence and then it becomes totally different movie gets depressing at some parts Mm -hmm. and then uh comes back has a great cast has rachel mcadams owen wilson aza fisher christopher walken bradley cooper in one of his first roles oh that's right (laughs) yeah he plays a douchebag um yeah it's it's a movie that i was very pleasantly surprised and i'm glad i gave it a chance yeah um i'm really interesting because i don't know what this says about me but I don't love to watch comedies for comfort, which is really weird, you would think. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't I don't know what that's about. I love, like, some comedy shows, but when it comes to movies, I don't watch a lot of just straight comedies for comfort. The only one that I really do is Anchorman. I could watch Anchorman on repeat. It's just <laughs> the stupidity of it all, the ridiculousness of it all just makes me laugh every time and that is just one where it's just i can i don't know just throw it on and be wrapped up in how much i'm laughing over it um i just i love the i love anchorman i i think it's it's, again so stupid that it's it's brilliant (laughs) and that's it just always does it for me it's always one that like like i remember i was going through something really bad like a few years back i can't remember what it was and I was talking to my dad for advice on like what to do 
And he straight up, like, after the, when we were wrapping up the phone call, was just like, all right, don't worry about it for the rest of the day. Just go watch Anchorman. And, like, that was his fatherly advice to calm me down, was like, just go watch Anchorman. And it works. <laughs> like, it works. It's, it's, just, it's just something like that I really can just get into how stupid it is and forget about how intense the world can be because it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's like, just put it out. Yeah. <laughs> it was great dad advice. And I did, I remember I did that night and it did make me feel better. And I was like, thanks dad. Like this great advice. <laughs> yeah. And while I understand like that, it's like, uh, I tried to pick more so comedies, but like, what, like we're obviously giving examples of things that we put on, like for comfort but there are things that like like you said they don't have to be comedies they don't have to be happy they can be extremely sad like just be like i want to be sad right you know yeah like they can they can do that and like i'll throw out a weird one that uh, i originally did put on my list but like i i don't know why i don't know when it became this for me but one that i enjoy throwing on whether it's like I just want something on in the background or I just want to watch something that I know I'm going to enjoy watching is um, the 2015 Steve Jobs movie. <laughs> That's interesting. That is very interesting, actually. <laughs> it's, I think it's just because it's Sorkin's writing. Mm-hmm. It's incredible acting. Like Danny Boyle does a good job directing as far as uh, the way he rehearsed with these actors so hard and it feels like it's just like a play because there's just like three different time periods that it takes between. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's like I said, it's something that I've seen a million times now that I can just throw on. And I know like maybe it's cause it's like low stakes, but then it feels intense. And like me personally, I just love getting wrapped up in incredible dialogue. And like, there's this one part in the middle where like, Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs and like Jeff Daniels are just like yelling at one another and like it's Sirkin dialogue and I'm like oh, this is just so good yeah no <laughs> that totally makes sense to me like I totally get that and like yeah like I don't know comfort viewing is so like subjective because it's just like it's whatever works for you which is so interesting and like like yeah Steve Jobs is like a really interesting choice because it's like it's a I mean it's a great movie and I totally get why it brings you comfort but it's also like he's got he's kind of an asshole and he has a lot of issues with his daughter. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you it's know? like it's not it's not like the person, right? It's, like, it's just the movie, and that's itself. what I like about Sorkin's adaptations of like real people. It's like he's like these aren't straight adaptations; these are my these are characters that of these people. And I think I just, I take it out of my head on, like, what it is. And, like, yeah, he is doing a lot of asshole things. And, like, it's a lot of, it's, thing is filled with arguments. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's probably just because Sorkin's dialogue is just music to my ears. Right. No, I totally get that. Um, a very weird one that I love to watch at all times, and it brings me so much joy, is Scream. I love Scream so much. Um, I could, like, literally at least once a year, I cycle through the series. Like, I don't know what that is about. It's not even necessarily during Halloween. (laughs) At some point throughout the year, I'm like, you know what? I just feel like watching Scream. And usually it's when I'm feeling down or feeling bad. I don't know what it is, but, like, there's just something about, like, 
the the slasher of it all that like just makes me feel good i don't that's so messed up but like sometimes i'm like you know what i just feel like watching murder that's all i want to do right now i'm gonna watch the murder okay <laughs> and it does it for me i don't know i'll watch the murder and calm down i'm just gonna watch some bloody murder and like chill out and yeah like scream i don't know why like i've seen it so many times that like Obviously, the horror doesn't, like, really impact me as much as if, like, your first viewing, but there's still just so many things about it that, like, creep me out or still, like, wow, yeah, like, every, like, every time I watch it when we get to um, Skeeter Ulrich at his, like, ending scene, I'm still, like, damn, that was great, like, every time, and it's just, I don't know, I think maybe, too, like, the vibe of it all I really like, like, I love the environment that it's in, the town it's in, like, this weird little, like, it's, it usually takes place during the fall, so maybe it's something to do with that, too. I don't know, <laughs> but I just, it's just something that, like, lulls me and, like, weirdly makes me feel calm. I don't know, but the Scream franchise is one that, like, it just brings me something positive, <laughs> which is so weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean... The, like you said, this is all subjective, and uh, I I really enjoyed the Scream movies when I saw them, but um, I'd have to give them another watch. Uh, it's if they if, if they make you happy, then they make you happy, or yeah. or even if it's like a comfort thing, isn't always about like oh I want to spin back to happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. sometimes it's just to have something on. Um, I mean, I remember one time I watched when i saw annihilation in theaters mm. that like fucked me up and i felt very weird after and right. i just got home and i'm like i'm just gonna put on deadpool yeah yeah because <laughs> totally. it's just dumb humor and ryan reynolds and like some cool action here and there and i'm like uh, but i need a i need like a tranquilizer of like a <laughs> like kind of a more grounded ridiculous movie than after something trippy like that yes totally and yeah sometimes like it's not like you're watching something for a return to happiness you're like just watching something because you enjoy it or you want like a cathartic experience like you want to cry you want to feel angry like you want to channel your emotions through viewing it and like so i don't know comfort viewing is really interesting because it all depends on like the mood we're in and what we want out of it and like what we like what we don't like so i don't know like just i don't know very interesting yeah um a couple that i'm gonna bring up here uh they're both not fully like live action um one is muppet treasure island oh yes (laughs) it's just a classic and whenever people haven't seen it i'm like are you crazy you know it's i think it's without a doubt the best muppets movie i haven't seen them all Uh, i haven't seen probably most of them but i just i love pirates and i think it's such a weird way that they blended like pirate stuff with like a kid's movie um tim curry is the villain long john silver uh (laughs) and yeah it's a lot of fun and then the other one i only recently saw the last handful of years uh fantastic mr fox um that stop motion animation i just it's so cool and even though I'm not typically a huge Wes Anderson fan, like I enjoy his movies, but I'm not like, he usually either has like followers or like haters or like people like me who are just like, eh. you know, yeah. they're good. They're, they're, some are better, some are worse. Um, but I, I think fantastic. Mr. Fox is one of his best. 
and uh, I love the humor in it and just little things like, uh, like oh, you, you cussing at me? Oh, don't you cuss at me? You know, and like there's this whole scene where it's like Bill Murray and George Clooney's characters, uh, instead of saying fuck, because that would have given it an R rating, they just say cuss. <laughs> and then it's just a little joke throughout that's just like, what a big uh what does he say a cluster cuss like (laughs) (laughs) just uh it just makes me laugh that they 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 took that and they're able to get the same meaning across as saying fuck but without saying it yeah and like that's fine yeah you know it's like oh don't you cuss at me oh i cuss you you know (laughs) shut the cuss up you know (laughs) um it's just a silly movie it's fun um it's it's pretty middle of the road stakes but and it's just so cool because stop animation stop motion animation is so fun to watch yeah um so like two other movies for me and like similar to that vein is uh moana which is a recent comfort viewing um i just love moana i think it's beautiful the animation's incredible the story is great i also love too that it's like really the only disney movie that's not there's no love story whatsoever the only love story is like between her and her family and her grandma which is like so great and the moana soundtrack slaps it is so goddamn great (laughs) so i just love i love the moana movie the the look the feel and the music is great and then another one that has been a comfort viewing for me since i was a child is willy wonka and the chocolate factory um the original one obviously not the deranged johnny depp nonsense that's just well that yeah that one's charlie and the chocolate yeah Factory. you're talking about willy wonka i'm talking about willy wonka um both are somewhat nightmare fluid but f- both are somewhat nightmare fuel but like the og is better um yeah just i love the whimsicalness of it all the the look and the feel and like the fun weird chocolatey magic candy stuff happening um all the weird things that happen to the kids while they're there all the the again soundtrack slaps willy wonka and the chocolate factory sound soundtrack slaps um <laughs> it does that the no just you using slaps <laughs> <laughs> the veruca salt song about how she wants everything girl yes i get you like it's just it's so good and i don't know like of course it's a weird as hell movie and there's some like definite like flaws and weird things happening don't even get me started on grandpa joe whatever but like (laughs) i just i enjoy it so much because of how whimsical and magical it is and brings you into like a whole new world yeah I gotta ask, this is a total sidebar, but have you seen John Mulaney's bit about Willy Wonka? I don't think so, but I want to. That sounds great already. <laughs> it's it's mainly him talking about the, he, the the Grandpa Joe, like all the grandparents in the same bed. <laughs> like the four grandparents in the same bed. And the fact that he's like, oh, I haven't walked in 40 years, you know, or whatever. It's just like, what? <laughs> You're like, even if you're 70, you haven't walked since you were 30. And like you, and then he's like, he stands up and walks. It's like, guess I can. It's just like, it's like, wait, you didn't try? Like, um, he just, he purpose, he perfectly, I love his material about movies. He perfectly takes a, a movie from our childhood and just, he doesn't hate on it. He just makes you look at it differently, mm-hmm. laugh. And like 
still clearly loves it because he knows the thing so well. Right. Um, he has another great bit about Back to the Future, which is a transition to my, uh, my last one I'm going to bring up. Um, Back to the Future, I mean it's what do i need to say more <laughs> it's it's an all-time great it's in my like top five of all time i could say this pretty much for part two as well you know part three is still fun um but yeah that entire trilogy i think especially the first one is just so much fun it shouldn't have worked uh, like with the the sci-fi elements uh, it being a comedy and uh being uh with him interacting with his parents when they were young and like so many things could have went wrong but it just went so right and is so good um it's a movie you can watch over and over and i don't think it's old and it's fun it's just fun (laughs) yep (laughs) just a classic and i i don't understand how anyone would not anything but enjoy it (laughs) yeah i've never really met anyone who hates back to the future but maybe they're out there i don't know know. um so my last movie that i'll talk about is the dark knight i nice it just it brings me comfort every time i flip it on it's like i usually just need a distraction i need something like to just i need to zone in on something and even though i've seen the movie a million times it still hooks me in. Like, I still get hooked in. And I every time I watch it, I go back to that feeling of watching it when I first saw it in theaters. Especially the opening scene. The opening scene is still everything. Like, I, when I'm watching it, I feel like how I was when I was watching it in theaters. And being like, oh, whoa. What do they say about the Joker? Who is he? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I'm just into it. <laughs> and it's just one for me that, like, I think... I think Heath Ledger's performance just, like, really is always just so engrossing. So it's really easy just to get caught up in it and kind of, like, forget everything else going on in the world. Um, And it's a movie, again, like, I've watched so many times that I'm very familiar with it, too. So I go back to it because of the feeling it kind of gives me of, like, oh, I know this. I know what's happening. Like, this this is all right. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Dark Knight. It's funny, though, because, like, I... I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels this way. Um, It's the best of the whole trilogy. And to me, it's, like, really the only one that I continuously rewatch. Like, I've seen Batman Begins multiple times. Not nearly as much as The Dark Knight. And Dark Knight Rises, I've seen, like, twice. And I'm like, no, I'm good. No, no. (laughs) So, The Dark Knight just does it for me. Yeah. I I can totally tell why. It's one of my favorites, too. And, uh, yeah, it's... It's it's got action. It'll make you laugh. Great performances. What's not to like? <laughs> yeah, everything about it just sucks me in, and I can easily forget about like anything going on in the world, anything that's upsetting me, and just get right into the story every single time. Definitely. Well, everyone, we hope you enjoyed us chatting about our comfort movies. Hopefully, if you haven't seen some of these, you throw them on. If you have, and maybe it's been a while since you've seen them and you want to throw throw those on, but please share your comfort movies with us um, or comfort shows, uh, comfort viewings in general, and uh, let us know on social media and such. But uh, before we go, Jess, do we want to give each other our viewing homework? Yeah, so we're doing viewing homework again. It's been quite a while since the last time we did it. 
So we thought it'd be fun to do it again since we are all looking for content to digest while we are hanging out at home. Um, so this time around we're doing a TV show, a podcast episode, and a movie. Um, so if you want to follow along with us, please do, because when the episode does come, we'll probably be talking about it openly. So if you're going to be confused at all, you might want to skip that one, or you might want to get into this content with us and talk about it and listen to us talk about it. Um, yeah, and these are things that specifically the other person hasn't seen yet. Yes. Or heard. Yes, yeah, and that, um, maybe they'll, I think, would be interested in, I kind of, like, last time we did this, I chose things that I thought you would, like, never, ever watch and just wanted to see, like, how you went in on it. And I think you kind of did the same for me, too. Um, but, like, this time yeah. around, I was more like, okay, well, what will he actually, like, enjoy watching and, like, maybe get into? Um, so, yeah. Are you are you ready for your assignment, Brandon? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, for TV, I am assigning you the pilot of Succession. And I really hope you go further into it because I think you will love it. And I've said that many times and I will say it until you watch it all. Um, so <clears throat> I'm going to harass you into watching Succession. But for this, I'm just assigning you the pilot. Um, for a podcast, I am assigning you an episode of Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness. Kind of a callback to our last viewing homework when I uh, assigned you Queer Eye to watch. Um, mm -hmm. This time around... And I still haven't finished because like, each episode makes me cry. It's just so... And... Yeah, it's just so much <laughs> so... to watch. So many emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, this time, the episode that I'm assigning you is... The topic is How Do We Stay Healthy in the Age of Coronavirus? Um, if you guys at home like want to listen to, I think it's a really great episode. I've listened to it. It has some like hope and positivity about what we do during all this crazy time. Um, yeah. So if you also just need to uplift your spirits, I would say listen to that. Um, which is why I assigned it to Brandon. And then the movie I've decided is a horror, which makes me so happy. Um, I have assigned <laughs> you the movie Don't Breathe from I think 2016. Um, yeah, so that's, that's your homework. All right, I am down. Uh, yeah, these are all things that I would have watched or listened to at some point, but now that they're homework, it's, they're gonna go towards the top of the list and gonna get into them sooner. Um, yeah, I'm excited for your homework too, Jess, because, like, I feel like between the two of us, there's more stuff that, like, you've seen that i haven't versus that like i've seen and you haven't like it's 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 usually it feels like you've seen more or just like we've seen more of the same stuff and you've seen more that i haven't seen if that makes sense at mm -hmm. all um so it was kind of hard to find something that you hadn't that i really wanted to make like a priority um so the tv show that i picked was one that was just within the last year or so that came out. It's already been renewed for a season two, and I believe a season three already. Um, and that is the pilot of The Boys on Amazon. It's a comic book adaptation. It takes place in a world where, like, you're going to look at superheroes and, like, that stuff very differently. And I love the tone. It's... It just it's so well done and i think it's done at a perfect time with how like how frequent superhero content and comic book content is out that like this makes so much sense to come out now um it wouldn't have had the same effect if it was years ago when these movies and shows weren't all over if that makes sense 
Um, that's the TV show. Podcast. Um, I actually know the host of this podcast, and I've gotten hooked on it. Um, it's more of a storytelling type podcast. It's um, it's called That Time I Got Arrested, and it kind of chronicles the life of the host, B. Casper. Um, she's lived a wild life. Um, was the kid of a drug dealer and witnessed a lot of things when she was younger and then she eventually started dealing drugs herself and like now she's in stand-up comedy and doing this podcast and it very much is like a book but like each episode's kind of like a chapter and she's very brutally honest very vulnerable a lot of fun just a great storyteller and it's a lot of fun um, I'm having you listen because it's you know chronological listen to the first it's sort of like an episode zero kind of intro to what the show is going to be like and then episode one usually her episodes are 20 to 40 minutes they're like less than an hour so please check it out it's called that time i got arrested uh with b casper um yeah it's it's wild yeah <laughs> it sounds really awesome i'm really excited to listen to it yeah, and I think you'll especially like it because like you usually like crime related things and also the fact that this is someone that's around our age and like she's lived the life that she's lived. Um yeah, it's it's wild. Uh so that's the podcast and then a movie. Um I wanted to list some of my favorite movies of all time and kind of gave you a grouping and you had seen all of them like pretty much but this yeah. one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> This is one that's uh, usually in my top 10. Um, it's Sorkin's first movie. Also, it was a play that he wrote that he adapted into a movie. It's A Few Good Men. I'm very excited to watch it. It's one of those that, like like you said, I've been meaning to watch. It's been on my list forever. Um, and now it's like it's at the top because I'm assigned it. So I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, it's, like you said, Sorkin's script. It's got a stacked cast with Tom Cruise, Demi Moore, Jack Nicholson, obviously it's got the infamous you can't handle the truth right but um it's it's just such a good courtroom drama but also like investigative piece and i think like even though law and order and such like there's a lot of lawyer shows and whatnot like this was i think part of the craze because uh, like this is from the early 90s and then there was things like the practice and boston legal and like tons of other courtroom things that there's a reason why it's often considered one of the best courtroom thing movies of all time. But um, since you're also a fan of Sorkin, I knew you'd enjoy it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm a fan of Sorkin. I'm a fan of a courtroom drama. I am in. I'm ready. <laughs> and, awesome. Yeah, and I'm a fan of cults, and Tom Cruise is in it. So <laughs> all the boxes are checked. <laughs> uh, not what I thought you were going to say at all. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, all right, guys. Those are our assignments uh, that we'll go over in the next episode or so. Um, please follow along if you like. Um, or if you have suggestions for things that we should assign each other down the road, we'll see who's seen it, who hasn't. And yeah, this will hopefully be something we can continue in between all the other episodes. But yeah, that has been comfort viewings. Um, what are some topics you want to hear us talk about? Uh, whether there's some more comforting topics or things that you want us to just generally chat about since it's a time where there's not much there's not new movies coming out really yep nope <laughs>
<laughs> nope. 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 There's none. There's some on on demand, and I'm not interested in watching any of them. So, <laughs> nope. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the only ones that I was interested in was like HBO's, like that Bad Education. Oh yeah, I have heard that's actually really good. So I, I will watch that. Um, the other ones that are like, what the like high note or the last note or like something about a note, and then like then there was like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just constantly am seeing, like, this would have been in theaters. And I want to be like, how would that have made any money? Because I won't even watch that at <laughs> home. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, Jess, where, they, where can they find you on the social media? I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at J-E-S-S-K-W-A-Z-Z, Jess Quaz. And I just got a Twitch very recently. <laughs> um, I am really bad at video games, and I've had a lot of fun streaming myself stumbling through video games. So if you're interested in watching me be really bad at gaming and very messy at it, uh, you can follow me on Twitch at J-E-S-S-K-W-A-Z-Z, Jessquaz. Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Prosek, P-R-O-S-E-K. And uh, please follow uh, Entertainment Buffet on uh, YouTube, uh, on iTunes, Spotify, things like that for the podcast. Check us out there. Um, we're going to be hopefully bringing you some new video content, as maybe some additional audio content on this feed besides just our podcast. So yeah, uh, please follow, subscribe, like, share, all the above, rate, review. <laughs> do all the things that you would do um it takes a few seconds you got time now <laughs> do the things <laughs> it really helps us out yeah no excuses <laughs> <laughs> all right well we did it all right we did the thing okay yeah. bye <laughs>